Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Carl's Roller Coaster Podcast. Hello, hello, dear friends. How are you all? You are about to get inspired. My guest today is Sophie Grace Holmes. Sophie is a fitness coach, public speaker, influencer, ultra-endurance athlete, and a businesswoman. Sophie was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis at four months old. CF being an inherited disorder that causes severe damage to the lungs, digestive system, and other organs in the body. She was told from a very young age that she might not make it to 30, and this has definitely given her a very unique outlook on life. She thrives off physical challenge and, wow, she scaled Mont Blanc, Mount Kilimanjaro, Grand Paradiso, she hiked the Himalayas, and yeah, she engaged on various challenges as you hear next, including training for an Ironman currently. She is without a doubt someone that really inspired me and I truly believe it will inspire you. With you guys now, I'll leave you with Sophie Grace Holmes. Hello Sophie, how are you doing? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for making the time to talk to us today. Welcome to the roller coaster. How has your 2020 been so far? Crazy year for all of us, but uh, yeah, it's just something that I keep asking everyone how your year has been because it's been so strange and different for, for, for everyone. So how has yours been? It's been actually pretty mental, but for me, it's actually been a huge benefit. Um, and it's always quite hard to say that because obviously it's been a, obviously a really tragic year as well, like different reasons. But for me, in terms of my lifestyle and my work, um, I've actually now managed to push myself into being able to do the stuff I really want to do and follow what I'm truly passionate about simply because I got told to stay in my house for 12 weeks. That's amazing. I, I, I have uh, a feeling that that has to do with you being able to train harder perhaps or because I mean I had some goals this year in terms of of racing myself but then obviously with all the marathons and half marathons and all those events being cancelled it just um, I mean it's hard to keep motivated right but uh, but it seems that you've you've been keeping busy right yeah I mean I thrive off being busy anyway um, so obviously on the 18th of March when obviously I've got cystic fibrosis which was classed as vulnerable um, I had to stay in my house for 12 weeks and it meant that I actually had to shut my business because I had a one-to-one -one personal training business. Um, but it actually enabled me to put myself in a situation where I was like, okay, well, this is where I am. What do I actually want my life to look like? I basically have recreated um, my entire life and molded it into the way I actually want it to be. That's very interesting, especially because you just touched on, I was going to go down that road later on, but since you touched um, on the your particular condition, which is um, cystic fibrosis, which is something that uh, I particularly, uh, I haven't heard about it before. And then prior to this chat with you, um, I kind of like dived into it a bit. And it's it's something very, very... Uh, complicated isn't it it's not an easy one to deal with it's something that affects a lot of people and people are just not um, you know it's not something that it's around and people don't talk much about it but uh, you were diagnosed at, at four months old and if you could please just uh, tell us um, how first of all where did you grow up at and how was your upbringing around this particular condition till you evolved into uh, your late teens, and then eventually dived into the sports world, which then we're going to talk a little bit about it later. Uh, yeah, of course. So, uh, as you've just said, I was diagnosed at four months old, and I was actually 10 weeks premature anyway. So, for my mom and dad, that was obviously a concern. And then, obviously, seeing their child not thriving and being very sick, and then eventually being diagnosed with a life threatening lung disease. Um, and then being told that their child um, may not meet 
reached the age of 16. Now, I can't even imagine what that must feel like, but it must have been hard for them. But what they didn't know was the fact that, you know, I was a born fighter. And, you know, even when I was growing up, I, all the doctors would say, oh, well, you know, you're not going to make 16 years old. Like, how do you feel about that? And for me, like, it just gave me the determination to live fully. Um, and I'm a firm believer of it's what you do with the years that you are here rather than the length of life you have. And, you know, I'm very lucky because it's given me a very unique outlook on life. And my parents allowed me to basically do everything that a normal child would do. I had, I was in all the sports teams. I always did the things I wanted to do. I was very lucky and I had horses and, you know, I had a very normal childhood around the hospital visits, the 18 tablets I have to take every day. Um, and actually, cystic fibrosis has made me the person I am. So I am very grateful for that. Although it is obviously hard and quite fitting, a roller coaster. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think you were given a hand because you are strong enough to fight it and overcome it. And I do believe that. So I wouldn't change it, actually. If someone said to me, oh, could you go back and not have it? I probably wouldn't take that life because I would probably then also be a very different person and I wouldn't have had all the amazing experiences that I have now had. Yeah. Um, just uh, for, for, for those uh, of you that are listening to us, cystic fibrosis is um, an inherited um, disorder that causes severe damage to, to the lungs and digestive system yeah. and other organs in the body as well. And the several complications that can obviously follow uh, follow that and the life expectancy is something that it's of it's 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 of, of, of it's very troubling for people that carry this disease because just like uh, you just said Sophie I mean doctors were telling you that you wouldn't live past uh, 16 years old which yeah. which is long past for you right now isn't it yeah. well not that long yeah. but like it's good isn't it it's like oh no it's amazing I celebrate every year and actually when I was 19 years old I was actually given two years to live um, because I came seriously ill, became seriously ill, and you know, I sat actually sat there in my hospital bed, and I was like, "Oh, that's like really cool, but I've actually got a life to live, and I've got stuff to do. I don't have time to die." Um, and then I, this is when like kind of my adventure started of like doing all these big, amazing challenges, mountains, ultra marathons, paddleboarding across oceans and stuff. And you know, I do believe that in the face of adversity, we have the opportunity to kind of embrace it. And actually, it can give us an even bigger life if we choose to follow that route. Um, and I'm 100% sure that if I hadn't have faced that when I was 19 and kind of got told those facts and got myself re-educated and kind of training and pushing myself towards what I really wanted to do, I definitely wouldn't have had the last 10 years that I have had. And they have been seriously amazing. And I have met some seriously incredible people and learned so much and one of the biggest lines that one of my friends said once, and it's something that stays with me a lot, especially if I'm feeling lazy or I just can't be bothered to do something. And he's, he said, it's the excuses that you make today that will be the regrets, the regrets you have at the end of your life. And actually, I think my biggest fear is having that regret simply for making an excuse. So it's something that I live by really now. Um, but as I've said, like having cystic fibrosis is hard work but i probably still wouldn't change it because actually although it can scare the hell out of you as you've said like it's it's you know it's a terrible disease but at the same time it's definitely made me stronger and it's made me more determined where do you think uh this inner strength of yours uh came from i mean like you said as a 19 year old and and having a doctor telling you they i mean it's just it, I, I can't i can't imagine that happening to myself or to a loved one uh, let alone to to a teenager you know uh, a girl i mean do you was were your parents of massive influence in that way are your parents like a couple of very positive characters that influenced you and in, imputed in you in a way that uh, sort of positive approach to life and encouragement to life or was it something that was just within you naturally i think naturally it is in me anyway like i've always kind of been very upbeat and positive and like wanting to live and have fun and 
things like that. And obviously for a parent, you know, they showed strength and they showed support and positivity, but obviously internally they probably were also very scared and worried, especially when I did become sick and things. And I think for me, like, there is quite a lot of power also in naivety because obviously up until the age of probably 19, I obviously accepted that I had to take these tablets and had these hospital visits. But in reality, I wasn't missing out on anything and I was living a very normal life. And so I kind of even thought, I was like, oh, well, maybe maybe the doctor's got it wrong. Maybe I don't have this cystic fibrosis they're telling me I've got. And then obviously I became ill and I was like, do you know what though? The power of your mind is incredible and you have to really push yourself to train it to be the strongest tool you've got because your mind will rule everything and it's what you focus on is how your story or how your journey will develop and for me I was like do you know what I'm going to control what I have power over and that is my mind and that is partially my body so I'm going to do everything I physically can and obviously once I've set my mind on something I will keep going until I've achieved it and I think for my parents they knew that I have this trait so they will just support anything that I've wanted to do. When did you started running? When was the first time that you kind of like kept running as a regular as a regular thing on your life? So probably when I was about 10 or 11 years old I used to compete um, on the track for county, so 100 meters, 200 meters, and 400s. Um, so I started doing loads of running there. And my dad's also um, an old marathon runner, so he's obviously run all his life. So we used to run together. So it's something that's been in my life a very long time. It's not something. It's not my most passionate way of fitness, but it's something that I do value and feel very grateful that I can do for one. But also, it is something that also is amazing to be able to go and do with your friends or your family, or even go and do all the challenges and things. So. It's always something that I will do for as long as I can walk. Fair. I mean, you did. Did you do the Sahara uh, 100K that uh, I was reading on that article? Is that something that happened back then? Um, no, that was actually supposed to happen this year. However, obviously COVID got in the way. Um, but I've done a 100 kilometer ultra marathon in the past in Cotswolds um, about three or four years ago. I think it was now. It's crazy. I mean, I have so many friends that into the ultra uh, world and it's something that for me it's kind of like not um, not on my horizon at the moment but it certainly has its appeal uh, it's more a mind work than a physical work isn't it it's something that you really have to be very strong-minded and really focused and and keep pushing yourself in order to to complete the distance because the distances are so long I mean I mean people do like 50k ultras these days but uh, i think that's um, obviously it's always a good start i suppose but uh, it gets really serious when you go over 78 kilometers i suppose yeah and do you know what like it's what i love doing that's the reason i love it because it really tests you as a person because the easy option and this applies just to life in general will always be there and it's the moments of the pain and the and the darkness and you're in your mind battling every part of you to keep going. It's You've just got to take another step. You've just got to dig a little bit deeper. And it's in those moments of question of really find, you really do find out who you are, what you're made of, and, you know, your capabilities. And, you know, you can also really realize, like, what do you want out of this life? And unless you push yourself and get comfortable with being uncomfortable and, you know, I do believe if you do what's hard, life does become easier and you can deal with life easier when things do go wrong or you have difficult times. And for me, I think, especially because obviously this year we haven't been able to do the things, we haven't been able to do the challenges. Um, this weekend I actually completed a 25-hour bike time lapse. Wow. Um, and it made me, really reminded me as to why I love doing them so much because obviously it's been so long. And although it was long and I was awake for 40 hours for the whole weekend, and obviously, you know, you do have moments where you get more tired and things. But I now, when I got back to my house, I was like, do you know what? I now feel so full of life and energy and it's given me so much. And it's reminded me as to why I love pushing myself so much. Wow, that's incredible. Where was, where, where does this, where this thing took place at? 
Um, it was actually, we had to do it in a venue in London. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was a long day, as so, you can imagine. So, so you, so, so, I mean, when it comes to running and cycling, do you follow a particular, particular training program for anything or do you, or do you have like a certain, uh, uh certain number of days of the week that you practice, uh, both or, or one or the other? How, how do you, how do you? How basic? How do you get yourself ready to tackle such challenge on the bike, like you just did this past weekend? It's just hours on the bike. Last September, I rode the length of Britain on my bike in nine days. Um, it's just about being on the bike continuously for quite a long time. I like you're probably looking to train maybe ten hours a week if you're doing like true endurance on a bike. Not obviously in one go always, but you know over the period of the week. So it's a lot of effort, but the more you do it, the better you get. So it's really interesting how it is because I myself never been a cyclist, but just recently got uh, into the cycling world, as per Amazing. se. Yeah, and uh, but it's it's it, it's so different than than running because running is my main thing. I do run a fair bit, but um, it's it's re really interesting how you think that just because you are fit in one sport, you can tackle the other in the same way. You, you Fitness-wise, you, you you probably can, but uh, I don't know that the mechanics are different and I suppose the um, your ambitions, they differ, obviously, when it comes to one sport and the other. But uh, I find it really, really difficult to get the same passion on while, while cycling that I get while running and I believe as well that cycling is something that can be sustained for longer in in, in life than running because running is so painful on the body when you like training constantly and and on a high mileage and doing track training and things like that do you have any particular goals in in regards of how you're gonna you know perform on on sport or is it something that you you do it only uh for you know for your own health obviously for your spiritual for you know uh, psychological health not spiritual health should i say Sp uh, psychological health and physical health um is or do you particular particularly follow any or have any sorts of big goals say running a marathon in a specific time or running a half marathon in a specific time or doing what you just did this weekend which is incredible yeah i have many goals <laughs> um I mean, for me, like I always want to be able to perform my best. So I want to be as fast and as strong as possible in all disciplines. I'm training for an Ironman, so obviously I want to. I've got a time target in place because I actually did an Ironman from my house in lockdown, as you do. Um, <laughs> Seriously? Why not? Yeah, I basically I set up the turbo trainer in my lounge and then ran 842 laps of my front lawn for the marathon. So oh my god, that's it's kind of an interesting target. But <laughs> mindset-wise, it was crazy but if i was like do you know what if i can do this in my house i can do it in the mountains of austria so wow wow that yeah. is inspirational for sure when i get people saying that they they lost motivation during this last the last few months you know i mean wow that's really inspirational that's for sure <laughs> oh thank you but you know what like i think goals are so important like, obviously i do these things for my physical health to help with my cystic fibrosis but the power it has on your mindset as well is phenomenal. I think just moving, even if you can move a little bit each day, um, it really does make the difference, especially if you are struggling. Like I know sometimes it's super hard to kind of get back into the routine of doing these things, Do but you... the discipline is worth it because motivate, I don't really believe or rely on motivation because I think that comes and goes. You've just got to really work on becoming disciplined to be able to achieve stuff and also have goals in the diary or like time frames that you are really passionate about because fitness should be fun so you sh it should never be something that feels like a total chore like obviously some days it's harder to do than others but at the same time ultimately you should be doing a sport that you do enjoy absolutely yeah i agree 100 percent with you on that one um do you when it comes to planning for example you said that you're training for for, for you know to do a, a an ironman um, how do you get yourself uh, ready for, for such challenge in regards of structuring your training plan? Do you do it by yourself or do you have assistance from, 
from other coaches or do you have any mentors anybody that help you organize the training side of things we're going to talk about diet later on but the training uh, aspect of it how do you approach it um so for my obviously the ironman that i'm doing was obviously supposed to happen in july um so i did have a coach on the run up to that ironman so basically what i've done is i've just continued the training as if the ironman is still happening because obviously I'm going to do it next year. So what I'll probably do is from January is um, pick back up with a coach and do it that way because I've now changed my goals towards this particular Ironman because originally it was, I've never done an Ironman, so I want to finish. Whereas now it's, I've done an Ironman from my house. I want to get a particular time. So basically this winter is focused on getting stronger in bike, run, swim, and obviously like getting stronger in the gym and stuff. And then as January hits, it will be more focused on getting the endurance back in the body to be able to perform for at least 12 hours, obviously on the day. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, it's just a massive, massive event, isn't it? Is it like three, 2.4-mile uh, swim, 112-mile bike ride and a marathon, mm -hmm. basically, distance, yeah. right? goodness wow wow it's a busy day <laughs> it's a busy day <laughs> how to allocate the hours on the week to for example to to do the the cycling side of it to do the running side of it do you particularly focus on 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 one or the other more into in regard just because you might feel that you are i don't know like i said myself if i was to tackle such a challenge i would probably put a lot of more i mean not a lot more but like a fair amount of extra hours on on the riding uh side uh, aspect of it because running is my main thing and and, and swimming i think it would be uh, the easiest part of it do you particularly feel that one of the three you kind of have to focus more um for me i've been focusing a lot more especially recently on the swimming um just because obviously with in the ironman predominantly you're going to be using your legs so i've been doing a lot of um pool sessions in the pool um just because obviously if you use your legs too much they're going to get more tired so i've been really focusing recently on that i do a lot of open water cold sea swimming anyway because i live on the beach um so i've been doing all of that but for me probably i will allocate weekends for a long ride and then also a long run depending on obviously the sessions and then the other ones will be shorter during the week the thing is with Ironman training alongside, obviously, if you're trying to get stronger in the gym to complement, it's um, probably you're probably looking at about 14 hours a week training at least. So it's busy, but obviously I'm self-employed, so I can kind of work my hours a bit easier than if I was obviously working for somebody else. It's definitely a part-time activity, isn't it? Yes, it so is. many hours. Well, not, not counting the hours that you uh, plan, well, refueling and, and getting your diet uh, up to scratch isn't it because that's a big big part of of training and recovery which is so crucial especially when you pushing yourself to such limits which is what you're currently doing training and uh well preparing yourself to to do an ironman which brings um the subject of of diet i mean yeah. do you have any particular diet that you follow yeah so i've actually been working with a really really amazing guy called Evan, who um, has been helping me with my nutrition for the last few months. And basically the focus is to remain um, strong and gaining in terms of the sport, obviously, um, but also really focusing on what my body actually needs specifically for the recovery, as you've said, for the fueling for like the long rides and testing out what actually works because what you do in training is what you're going to use on race day. So you need to really know exactly what you're doing each hour that you're training, um, especially when you're combining three disciplines together. And so it's been super interesting because I think even for me, like with the knowledge I did have before him, even I was missing things out and I didn't realize I was lacking in certain areas. And, you know, it's made all the difference for me learning exactly what needs to happen at exactly what time and even to the point of like how you what you need to eat before you train the reasons you need to eat certain things after you train and also you know what happens if you don't eat enough and actually you learn the hard way especially if you're out on a, a long bike ride and you haven't 
feels enough or you've missed a fueling session and you hit the wall and then you realize actually if that was to happen on race day that would be only down to you not obviously preparing properly and do you do you, do you are you vegetarian do you eat meat or do you have any uh, diet restrictions any anything like that no like i just focus on like you know making sure that i get everything i need to get in lots of fruit and veg good proteins good carbs you know like i don't really believe in full restriction but then also i do love to eat really good food anyway so for me like having cravings isn't really a thing and because oh, i eat not? what my body you, you... needs and i if i fancy something and I'm training hard, then obviously I would just eat it. Fair, fair, fair. I mean, that's that's I I love that approach because that's exactly um, how I truly believe that people should approach those things and not bend just to uh, one side or the other because it's it is really tricky. I mean, you get to see a lot of people that they train really hard and they plan a lot and then they commit the mistake of not knowing what to eat and when to eat and and sometimes people just uh, practice in the sport as well just for the simple fact that they think that they can consume any kind of food but uh but um, not knowing that certain types of food they do cause a lot of uh chemical imbalances let's put it this way within your organism and that creates a problem that might you know uh, accumulate down the road when it comes to your particular health and being an athlete as you are, is there anything that you try to avoid that you really like but you try to avoid? Like, for example, I love eating uh, sugary stuff. I do love eating cake and things like that, but I don't eat it regularly. I treat it as a treat. Do you have any particular weaknesses when it comes to that? Um, I mean, who doesn't love cake? Really? <laughs> That's the only reason I've got a bike. That's what cyclists do, isn't it? You go and ride and get coffee and cake and come back. That's what I do. It's part of the culture of riding a bike, isn't it? <laughs> cake and coffee. <laughs> no, honestly, it is. If you, if you know, if you if you haven't done that yet, you're missing out. Um, yeah, obviously, we, like it's hard because obviously we all love that kind of stuff because um, sugar is probably the most addictive thing, I think. But as I've said, because I don't really restrict in terms of I don't binge on it because I'm eating all the time. But if I fancy something, I would have it. Um, and also I feel like life is way too short not to enjoy these things. And because food is very emotional and it has a, a, obviously a lot of triggers and things. And especially if you start being too restrictive, you'll find yourself probably going fully the other way. Um, and as I've said, like on a Sunday, normally I do a long ride and normally that would involve us going to get a coffee and cake. So, you know, I know it is in my week and I know it's something that I really look forward to. And I think if you have things like that, that you look forward to, you then really actually enjoy them properly as well. Totally. Absolutely. Um, I think there's certain like, well, food obviously is one of them and um, like beer people nowadays, it's becoming obviously more widespread, but a few years ago, I remember then, people would come to me and say what so you you run and then you drink beer and and they said well um i'm not entirely sure why you're questioning me about that beer is just like carbohydrates and water you know and uh, and people would totally come and say things like oh my god but i i never believed that you could actually you know train so hard and, and consume alcohol and i'm like well but it's all in moderation it's not that you're going out yeah, and exactly. getting pissed you know every night and things like that not that that was never done before obviously but uh it's just not something that you would uh, um accommodate between you know when you like really training hard for a specific you know race that you that you so looking forward to it you you can't you can't spoil it but uh but it's interesting how you can combine things with for example people that tend to just say um well drink or eat the wrong types of food and and eventually you can combine both worlds you know and then people start to making become more active you know because yeah. we just completely unlearn how to to be you know historically we just kind of like you know became way too lazy and lost 
all the the benefits that yeah. uh, literally just I always say to people people are like and I, I, I I'm gonna ask this to you as well I'll extend the, the 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 I'm gonna make an affirmation about me but then extend the question to you I get a lot of people say oh but I can't do what you do and I can't run this fast I can't do this I can't do that and I always say it's it's definitely not about that it's not about the distance it's not about uh, how fast you can do uh, uh, this thing or not I think it's all about just doing it just literally i mean if you go out and three four times a week you expose yourself to the nature you jog for a bit and you walk for a bit you just you know elevate your heartbeat a little and then all of a sudden it's a long time it's a long process you know it's not that you're gonna you've been lazy for god knows how many years and and, and not following a particularly good diet that all of a sudden going once or twice you're gonna like oh my god my life has changed completely it's not like that it's something that you really kind of have to implement and incorporate on your life in order to to keep up with and when people see it that it's actually doable they become really inspired and they start doing it so on your uh, for, for yourself like how do you, do you get a lot of people that are like oh my god but i can't i can't do this 100k that you just did i mean does people sometimes bring that to you and what sort of uh reply do you give them yeah of course and i think especially with the cystic fibrosis i I do get people just being like i can't do that and i can't do this and i'm like well firstly once upon a time i probably couldn't either so you're do not compare your day one to i don't know my day 3000 and also i'm a firm believer that you can achieve anything you put your mind to so long as you put in the effort it may take longer for you to achieve certain things than some people, but you will get there if you want it enough. And, you know, just because this is what I love to do also, it doesn't mean that you other people have to do it. It's about finding what you really want to do. And if you find something you want to do enough, you will put in the effort to train for it or aim for the event and you will go and get it done. Um, but, you know, it is difficult because obviously you know, there is a lot of self-doubt and how do you then get people to kind of believe that they can? And as you said, it's just about being consistent and getting out there and not even really worrying about things like that at the start. It's like, well, I want to be a runner or I want to do this marathon. You've simply just got to start. Start running, go out for 20 minutes, doesn't matter your distance, come back and repeat it. And then eventually you'll be hitting milestones that you never really knew you could do. And, you know, until you actually challenge yourself and push yourself to do these bigger things, whatever that may be to you as a person, you know, how do you know what you can and can't do? You're placing an assumption on your shoulders that you don't even know is correct. So you're placing a limit on you when actually you could find that you have a secret talent that you never knew about. So for me, like the reason I push myself to do so many different things is, you know, for example, 18 months ago, I paddle boarded from the Bahamas to Florida overnight. What? And it was in overnight. a race of 80 miles. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. And I've never paddle boarded really before. And I got this opportunity come up and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come and paddle board for 80 miles with you. Um, and I remember standing on the beach, the beach at the Bahamas being like, okay, this is going to be a long night. And I've never paddle boarded the ocean before, but I'm going to get to the end. And Actually, 10 hours later, I rocked up on the beach, obviously exhausted. Um, and I actually came third. Oh, my goodness. But that's and, crazy. Which is crazy because I never even knew that maybe I could even paddleboard like that. I just didn't know. I just decided just to do it, you know. But so, I'm, assu- yeah, I'm assuming. Find out I'm ass- and do it along the way. I'm assuming you guys had some sort of assistant and pe- assistance and people around you. Yeah, like- yeah. So we had support boats and things, obviously. So otherwise, I would probably still be out there getting lost. Um but, you know, you look back at these times and, yes, I remember three miles in being like, wow, there's a thunder and lightning storm coming our way. This is going to be so hard. And I'm so tired already because I should be asleep right now because, obviously, doing things at night is always harder anyway if you're used to sleeping at night. Mm. Um, but also, like, the experiences you get along the way, like, the sunrise was phenomenal. Like, there was no land either side, anywhere to be seen, and the sun was coming up and all you could see was this sky and the sea and... You know, it was incredible and it's something that I'll never forget. And, you know, there were obviously probably a lot of sharks as well, but apparently they're friendly, <laughs> friendly in the Bahamas, apparently. They were, not, they were good to us that night. Um, but you know what? Like, this is the thing, like, people can do so much more. Like, I think there's a statistic that says we actually only really utilize 40% of what we can do. 
imagine if you bumped that up by a few percent every single time. Imagine then what you could do. Wow, I'm I'm literally like because I, I I didn't even know that this was a thing to be honest. Like wow, I mean overnight. I mean I get really like scared just with the thought of it but i mean wow literally wow but I, now you just brought an image to my to, to my mind that yeah imagine yourself in the middle of the ocean and the only thing you can see is the sudden rising no land yeah. on, on, imagine that can, imagine that yeah well you leave that didn't you <laughs> i did Incredible. and i actually i remember i think it must have been about 4 a.m and the sunrise was around six and obviously we've been going for four hours i was like right all i've got to do is make it to 6 a.m. and I'm going to have a new lease of life because the sun is going to be phenomenal and, you know, it's just going to give me the energy I need to get to the end of this race. Wow. Wow. Seriously, like, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Amazing. Such an achievement and such an experience as well. Wow. Do you have or follow any morning routines? Yeah, I'm a big fan of routines, me. Because I do believe in the power of kind of getting up right. I would always get up at 5 a.m., which most people think I'm a bit crazy for, but I'd always get up at 5 a.m. and I would always have the same ritual. Like I get up, get my cup of tea, kind of sit and have a bit of a, like a mobility. What tea do you drink? Just normal English breakfast tea in the morning. No milk? I, no, with milk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it is absolutely fine. <laughs> I love Old Grey with a dash of milk. <laughs> Just in case you ever need to make the tea, that's how I have it. Um, but yeah, so basically I'll get that and then I kind of like get myself like ready for the day by having a bit of a stretch and a bit of a mobility, getting my body back moving. And this is all before I kind of looked at my phone and kind of things like that, because obviously we spend, especially these days and quarantine and things, so much time on social media or phones because it's my job as well. I kind of just want to have like the power hour, as I like to call it, of just me doing my thing, getting myself ready for the day, because I'm a firm believer if you win the first hour of the day, you win the entire day. So you've got to now that morning routine before you start anything else, because you've got to set yourself up and you've got to set up your mind ready for whatever that day is going to bring you, because, you know, there's always going to be things in your day that maybe didn't go quite right or that don't do as well in or whatever, but actually... They don't have to control your whole day. They don't have to ruin your day. Um, and that is why a lot of things that I need to get done in my day, I book in with myself, like a non-negotiable non meeting. Um, because I just think it's really important. And, you know, having a routine that you stick to can be the game changer. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I love the fact that um, you said about 5 a.m., because I've been more and more reading about it and, and hearing about very um, successful people from all walks of life that they have that as their waking up hour, especially if you're, you know, if you have a family and then you can basically tackle so many things before, say, kids are getting up and, and to take them to school and things like that. Um, and I think it's really amazing what happens to circadian rhythm as well when you manage to go early to bed the night before and waking up early i do struggle a little bit with the 5 a.m club but uh but yeah i'm i'm, I'm on the 6 30 a.m kind of club these days so <laughs> i'm slowly getting there you know um and do you you did not mention anything about breakfast so you tell me oh tell i me have about breakfast that. don't you worry uh, i don't want you to worry about that because <laughs> i literally love food <laughs> Um, breakfast for me is actually the most important meal of the day. I know like that's a bit cliche, but it actually is for me. But I know it's not actually like you don't have to eat breakfast to be successful. This is what I'm trying to say because I think a lot of people out there are like, oh, you have to eat breakfast, but it's actually not about that. But for me, like I find that if you have like something that sets you up for the day, because normally once I'm up, I've got so much to do that you, I need brain power and I need fuel to kind of get me going, especially with the volume of training and. You know, for me, breakfast not only fuels the day, but it will start fueling the first session of my training. So I normally train twice a day. So in the in the morning, you normally what what do you do normally in the morning, uh, training wise, and what will be the the second part of the day? So um, normally for me, I'll do gym work first. So like lifting, 
So for me, I'll have um, peanut butter and jam on toast for breakfast. Okay. Naturally. And then obviously I'll go and train about 14 minutes after I've had it. So sorry, it so, sorry Sophie. Let, let, let me just let me just uh, hold you there for a bit because I'm, I'm quite interested because I am very um, <laughs> methodic with my diet and how I eat and things like that. So I'm quite interested in hearing about, uh, especially uh, people like yourself, an athlete. So you make a cup of tea, you do your stretches, and then it's toast, and then you go training. Do you tend to keep that this particular routine every day, or like breakfast will change uh, depending on what kind of training you're going to be tackling that on that morning? Yeah, so it's very training dependent. Like for me, if I'm going to go to the gym, jam on toast is perfectly fine. If, for example, I've got a big bike session i might have the jam on toast but i also might have something like porridge to get more carbs in um and obviously it's slow release so it will obviously last a bit longer as well and no butter just jam on the toast oh butter jam and toast uh-huh. okay yeah. okay don't you worry okay it's in that, there. okay good there <laughs> um and then after training uh it's then probably i i would i would say what lunch time do you then have a regular meal Lunchtime. So I have um, after training, it will be my post workout, which is my favorite meal of the day. <laughs> so mm. it's um, whey protein, milk, and cocoa pops because obviously it's um, high in glucose, so sugars, and it gets into the muscles quickly to get them restored. Um, and basically, cocoa pops was my like favorite growing up as a child. So it's quite a fond thing. And obviously when my nutritionist was like, do you know what, you can have them for your post-workout, it was the best day of my life. Wow, so it's Cocoa Pops and <laughs> regular milk? Yep. Okay, and you add whey protein on it? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's recovery after an yep. excruciating session training. Wow, yep. okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, in the afternoon, do you, te- do, you, do, you, do you try and take a nap before you go out and train again? or? <laughs> Um, generally no because I've also got work I need to do on my laptop and like things like that so I'll do all of my work obviously have some lunch as well um, and then the afternoon session will be more of a cardio based so it will be bike run or swim right okay and if you're running I would I would imagine that you wouldn't do heavy heavy leg training before tackling a run would you um, normally if I'm doing a run I would have done an upper body session so yeah right okay and do you like cooking do you cook for yourself yes i love cooking well i live on my own so you know if i don't cook i don't eat so but i do love to kind of experiment with new recipes and find things um because who doesn't really i think everyone loves to eat good food and you know there's nothing more disappointing than a very sad meal so yeah i will try and come up with some really nice recipes every week and and then obviously more maybe more of a weekend experiment and try things that maybe take a bit longer um but now it's obviously getting into the winter i'm a massive fan of a slow cooked dinner mm. where it's been on it's on been on cooking all day and then obviously when it comes to eating it just tastes amazing and is there room for a glass of wine or a beer or you don't drink alcohol uh yeah there is i mean as i've said i don't really restrict i mean i don't really drink anyway just because it, my body doesn't really agree with it mm-hmm. but if i was out with my friends or it was obviously an occasion or if I did fancy it, I wouldn't say no. Um, but obviously, with the volume of training, I would restrict drinking to like a weekend. Or if I had a, day, a rest day coming up, I'd probably do it the day before. And is that because of the training load? Or is there anything in connection with uh, cystic fibrosis? Um, partly the training and partly the CF. Like Just because it does affect the way my body works. And right. it does make me breathless. So if I've got training the next day, I don't particularly want to have to be battling that as well but Mm -hmm. then having said that i wouldn't say no if it was somebody's birthday or if i wanted it um despite that but equally i want to perform well so it's kind of like a catch-22 right you know everyone has different things that they love to have and so for some people it's like glass of wine at the end of the week um and i wouldn't say particularly take it out some people it's chocolate so you know it's very independent isn't it as whoever you are yeah do you take any supplements do you supplement with vitamins i mean you mentioned whey protein is that are there any other uh, types of supplements that you that you take yeah so i take vitamin d um 
I have uh, BCAAs. Mm-hmm. And so I train on those. I train on Lucas Aid Sport. Um, I have multivitamins, probiotics. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I have a few every day. Very well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of of supplementing and supplementing it right. It's really important. I think we can't get all the all the nutrition that uh, we need from from food alone. Unfortunately, I mean, with the soils around the world so depleted, and and we are not making any. <laughs> clear efforts in order to restore them uh, unfortunately we do need to supplement but there's nothing that no there's no supplement in the world that will um, get you the benefits of raw food of real food of you know of like getting the nutrients from from actually you know the food themselves I mean it's just not it's not replaceable i would say but it's very important it's very important it's very clever i think to to be able and to understand how and when to consume um, Mm. those things what do you do to unwind what's uh, the perfect lazy day on your books Uh, for me i will take my dog for a walk because i've got a very young dog to take her out obviously i take her every day but i would probably take her out for a longer stroll maybe take her with me to a coffee shop just chill there like i'm a big fan of coffee um, I mean, Sunday when I got back from my 25 hour ride, I basically hid under a blanket and watched Netflix for a few hours. <laughs> <That's nice>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like I, I actually am more relaxed if I do something more calm. So like, it doesn't mean that I have to sit down all day. I could simply just go and see some friends, chill out with them. Or as I've said, go for like a, a walk. Baking actually is quite a chill out activity for me which is lovely. Obviously a great result at the end as well. We can enjoy that. Um, but I think obviously everyone's perception of chilling out is very different. Like I'd never be a person to be able to stay in bed all day um, just because I enjoy being in nature. And I think that's powerful, even if it is kind of a bit more restful or like you're going for a stroll on the beach or the woods or something like that. And I think, you know, anything that brings your mind peace needs to be in there. Do you have do you have what are your do you have any beliefs do you believe on anything and by i know it's quite a broad question but uh basically if you have any uh spiritual practices and particular beliefs um i wouldn't say anything specific but at the same time i do believe that there is a higher power i do believe the universe listens and i do believe in manifestation um and you know, what you put out, you get back. So karma. Um, but also, I think, you know, if you work hard, you can make things happen. So, you know, I do believe that you do have a set path and, you know, doors close and doors open to get you directed down to your ultimate purpose. And I do believe everyone does have a purpose. You've just got to look for it. Um, but I wouldn't say that I don't, I don't have a religion or anything like that. What are some of the subjects that you enjoy exploring uh, about outside of the ones that we've already talked? Um, or interests that you might have? Good question. Um, the thing is, I guess for me, like I'm always kind of researching into like how to be, you know, stronger in my mind, be able to explore. Like I love travel, so like I'm always looking into different places I want to go and explore and climb and things. Obviously, once COVID is gone. And, you know, I'm very lucky. I've got some great people around me that would also come and do all of that with me. Um, Because I think there's so many amazing places in the world. And, like, I'm a huge fan of, like, sustainability and, like, trying to find ways to live better and, like, kind of help the planet. And, you know, because I think that's such a a big thing. And I think it's actually something that people should be shouting out a bit more as well, especially at the moment, because I don't know if you use a... Well, started following David Attenborough on Instagram. He's now made it onto Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, like it's super important to kind of look into all of that. And I'm more, I'm just such a massively outdoor kind of person. So, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Who doesn't like traveling, right? God. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's just crazy how the world is at the moment. Just unbelievable. We don't know what's going to happen next. And, um, yeah, it's been quite troubling uh, for everyone, especially if 
is part of your it's part of your work traveling you know yeah it's 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 a tough one it's a tough one but we kind of have to be hopeful that next year will be a better year in regards of well like you said i mean i can totally relate to what you said at the beginning of the conversation that you've you've had a great year you know and and i think um there's nothing wrong on saying that even though we know the situation is very delicate but uh but you know people's circumstances are different and uh i think a lot of people did not put their spare time in good use during this period and uh it's not down to me obviously to judge anybody i'm I, i'm basically just openly talking about you know how things work in general and and you said that you did manage to work really hard and make good use of your time and be productive but that's kind of like your life ethos anyway that's how you live life yeah. which is totally admirable and 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 i absolutely relate to that a hundred percent one hundred percent sophie it's been really really good talking to you i mean really inspirational i mean i i read a bit about you before this conversation just you know to prep a bit but then i got to learn more about you and well that pedaling uh to the bahamas <laughs> that's that's that that, one, that, that, no i will not <laughs> definitely not i mean until somebody tells me that did the same thing which i think it's very unlikely to happen but uh but yeah that's amazing uh well done on on everything that you've endured in your life so far and for being like you know so positive and thinking forward and upbeat i mean that's vital energy that's uh that's the kind of energy that's the kind of attitude that moves the world you know it's not moving only your life but for sure the people that are around you and uh that's one i mean you know we need we need more lights like that throughout the world and uh, i wish you all the best and i thank you so very much for for your time with us today if you have anything they would leave would like to uh let our listeners uh, to know about perhaps your social media where do they can find you because i think you're a personal coach as well aren't you we didn't even touch that <laughs> but there you go uh just leave us your your social media con where it's easier for people to get in touch with you if they need any advice if they want to share their stories with you or if they want to uh, hire you to be their personal coach to paddle through from miami <laughs> to the bahamas or something like that <laughs> um yeah so basically my instagram is the best thing all of my platforms from my youtube and everything are all my name so just so Sophie Grace Holmes and you will find me but of course like I try and reply to everybody so yeah if anyone wants to drop me a message then I will get back to them amazing thank you so much Sophie oh thank you so much it's a pleasure I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation this podcast as much as I did doing it so if that's the case please do follow on Instagram at rollercoaster carl myself at carl casagrande on twitter same thing facebook same thing uh do subscribe do subscribe on itunes subscribe on spotify that's very very much appreciated thank you and have a great great day cheers bye bye